You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. some big shoes to fill. I mean, we've had some really good teachers this past month, had some really good stuff coming up, and I've heard it from the heart of an evangelist, a prophet, an exhorter teacher, and now you're going to hear it from the heart of a pastor teacher. (laughs) You hear that all the time, I'm sure, from Pastor Kent, but he's an apostle as well, so you're going to have a lot of good stuff coming this month. But we're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord, and um, mine was titled, Pastor asked us to title it, and I said, in the cool of the day. And what's the first thing you think of when you hear the cool of the day? You hear, you, you hear the Lord coming down in the garden with Adam and Eve, and that's what happened in Genesis chapter 3. It says, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And I, know, I believe, this is the only time that it says this, but I believe that God did that every day, that he came down and he talked to them face to face. Because our God has, is a true father. He wants fellowship. He wants communion. He wants relation. He wants a family. And so when Adam and Eve heard his voice, that wasn't something, you know, just every now and then. No, he was daily with him. How much, how much more, now that we're born-again believers, should we be hearing the voice of the Lord? How much more should it be on a daily basis, like face-to-face, you know? That's what God wants. Um, you know, and I, I find it interesting that even, even after Adam and Eve fell, this is actually after Adam and Eve fell, you know, God never stopped pursuing man, never stopped loving them, never stopped going after them. The only thing that stopped the relationship was man and, and sin. The sin entered in and, and drew a wedge between them, but it wasn't on God's end. It was on man's side. God always wanted the relationship. He always wanted the communion. And you, you can even see that with, uh, with Cain. You see that God spoke to Cain. And I find this really interesting. What is, the, what is it that, that Cain says? God goes to him and he says, where's your brother Abel? And what does Cain say? He's like, am I my brother's keeper? I mean, how many of you are going to talk to God Almighty like that? (laughs) I mean, how many of you would actually say those words to God? I'd be on my face. I wouldn't be able to move, you know. But that tells you something, if you really think about it. That tells you that Cain was very familiar with God. That God was still coming and communing with them. Or he would not have ever spoke to God that way. Amen? So God is, is, is wanting to get that relationship back where we can all go to him and know that he is there 24-7, that he is speaking to us 24-7. He never stops talking to us, amen? He's always, you know, no matter what you've got, you know, questions or, or what's going on in your life, God wants to be like that loving father and give you the answer. He doesn't want you to, to, to get on your knees and, you know, have to fast and pray for months on end before you get an answer. I mean, how many, how many of you fathers would do that with your kids if they came to you and needed, needed some advice? Would you make them, well, son, you know, I, 
you haven't really paid me homage enough, so <laughs> I'm going to let you just, you know, think about it for a while, and then I'll come back in a couple months, and I'll think about helping you. I don't think we, we know of any father that would do that, right? And neither does our, our father, our God. He wants to give you the answer, and he wants to give it to you right then. Hallelujah. Sometimes we can't hear it. There's other things that are in the way, but God wants to give you that answer. All right, so God is always speaking to us. We're the ones not always listening. And I like what, was it Marianne that said this? I can't remember that um, it's, it's listening is different than hearing. I really like that. Because when you truly listen, it is different. You know, when you hear, you know, with my husband, he would, I would be talking to him. And I know this never happens to any of you wives, right? But I'd be talking away to him. <laughs> and then uh, he'd go, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, well, what did I just say? And he'd say, uh... <laughs> He was just hearing a noise, and it was going in one ear and out the other. He wasn't really listening. But our God, he always listens. But he's wanting us to get, get to listening, too, to get in tune. Amen? So um, we've established that, that God is the one that is always speaking. He's always talking. And we're the ones that need listening. You know, I love uh, 1 John four seventeen. It says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Do you know that, that God is now living on the inside of us? I know we've got a great pastor, and he talks about spirit, soul, and body. Well, our spirit man is just like Jesus. God is living inside of us. I, I was so amazed. God is so good that he always gives you things that you need. I was listening to Joseph Z just uh, last night, and I heard him say this. He said, Jesus is the voice of God. And, you know, we know that, but then you hear it, and you're like, yeah, that's good. Jesus is the voice of God. And guess what? He lives on the inside of us all the time, 24-7. He's the voice of God, so we can hear him. Amen? And our spirit man does hear him. Our spirit man is the part of us that does hear. It's always hearing God. It's always communing with God. It's always in fellowship with God. Our spirit man knows the will of God. What part of us doesn't know the will of God? It's the soul. It's the soul. You know what I, I really like? Uh, you know, Marianne gave the analogy of the, the sheep in John chapter 10. And that's, those verses says that the sheep know and they, they hear and they know his voice. You know, we are children of God. We hear and we know his voice. And it may start out in just in our spirit, but we can get it to where our whole, our soul, our body, everything knows the voice of God. And I believe in these days we need to hear the voice of God more than ever. Amen? So um, let me just, just go to um, a scripture we should all know. It's 4610 in Psalms. It says, be still and know that I am God. I love that scripture because it really tells your soul what it needs to do. Your soul is the part of you that needs to be still. It needs to hear. Why? Because there's so many voices out there. They're everywhere. You hear the voice of, of the world. You hear the voice of your doctors. You hear the voice of your boss. You hear the voice of, you know, all these people in your life. You, you're hearing the voice of the news. You're hearing all these voices. And your soul is very much in tune to the voices of the world because it's the part that communes with it, right? And 
So we, we've got to get to the place where we, we can get still and focus in on the voice of the Lord. It's like a radio. I mean, a lot of you, uh, well, back in the old days, <laughs> with the radios, you know, we had all these, you know, AM, FM, and trying to just fine-tune it to get to your station. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was kind of hard sometimes, you know. But once you got it, it was like, yeah, I can hear it now. And even, I remember the TVs. Do you remember that? I was, the kids were the channel changers back in those days. <laughs> we would <laughs> tune it into the channel my dad wanted. Um, I, I kind of miss those days in a way. But, you know, the, the point is, is that God's voice is not going to be yelling. It's not going to be screaming like the world's voices. The, the world's voices are loud. But God's voice is, is not. In, in 1 Kings 19, 12, it says that the voice of God was not a mighty wind. It wasn't an earthquake. It wasn't in the fire. What was it? A still, small voice. You know, that's not changed. The voice of God is going to be the one that's, that's talking, but it's not going to be screaming. It's not going to be yelling. It's going to be a still, small voice. In other words, you've got to tune your ear in to hear it. You've got to tune your soul into hearing the voice of God. And that's the part that we struggle with, is tuning our soul into the voice of God. You know, John 4, 24 says that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God communicates to us how? Through the spirit. So if you go on an answer, the answer is in your spirit. God is communicating that answer right to your spirit. It has the answer. It's all about you getting your soul to get tuned in to what's in the spirit. You know, Sister Artie said that um, there was, you know, there's the five physical senses, but there's also five spiritual senses. Well, we need to get our soul in tune to more of the spiritual sense. You know, we're so in tune to everything going on around us. You know, we can, we can have conversation with, our, with our, our spouses, with our children, with our friends and parents, and we have no problem with that. Well, most of the time, you know, <laughs> some people might have problems with it, but we need to get that way with the Lord where we're really in tune to what's going on in the spirit. And you know what? It can happen We're God is wanting that for his body. He wants us to be more in tune, really, to the spirit, because the spirit will tell you how to, how to live in the in the world today, how, what to do in the world. Everybody wants direction. Right. And, you know, I'm a very practical person. I'm, a, I'm the kind of teacher that's like, okay, if you're going to teach me, then you better show me how to do it. <laughs> Don't just give me a bunch of words. I want to know how to do this thing. I want the every day, you know, like, it, you know, we, we, we want to spend time with the Lord and, and just commune with him. But sometimes you just need everyday advice. How am I going to handle my kids, God? They're really uh, misbehaving, you know. What am I going to do with my marriage, Father God? It's, we're having all these difficulties. What about our finances, Lord? What, should I take this job? Should I sell my house? What should I do, God? These are everyday things. And I believe God wants to commune with you. And so you can hear his voice in everyday matters. We need that today. So God is going to, we, we know God is going to speak to our spirit. It's going to tell us the answer immediately. I can tell you that. He's, he, the answer's there, but it's up to us to get our souls in tune. And I have found in my own life that God speaks to me mainly six ways. 
okay? I'm not saying that's the only way. But these six ways is what God has really used for me to know his voice. And most of us have all agreed, what's the first thing you go to? The Word of God. The Word of God, whether it's written or you're hearing it, that's one of the things that he uses. One of the other things, and I've lumped all these together, but it's through his Holy Spirit. Using these things, okay? Using your thoughts, your imaginations, impressions, feelings, desires. He will use all of those. Now, it doesn't mean that every time you have a thought or an imagination or whatever, it's God. It will line up with God and his will and his purposes. But if you're seeking the Lord and you really want to know his will and his purpose... I guarantee you he will use every one of those. He's done that with me, and I'll I'll give you some examples later. But one of the other ways is he'll speak through other believers. He'll speak through your pastor, through a friend. He'll, He'll use people to speak to you. Number four, he uses peace. That's one of the big things for me is I know when I've got peace. Now, let me just make some clarify. Peace does not mean the absence of fear. Okay, because sometimes we think that I'm not going to be afraid. If this is God, then I won't have fear. No, I'm going to tell you sometimes when God tells you to do something, your flesh is going to be like, "Ah, I can't do that. You know, you're shaking, you're, you're, you know, but that's God. No, peace is different. It's a peace that you you come to know that's in in your, it's, it's drawn from your spirit. Your soul and your flesh can be afraid. Now, you resist the fear because it's not from the Lord. But you be led by peace. Number five is dream, dreams and visions. And I haven't had a lot. I'm asking the Lord for more. But um, I have had some that are, that are pretty good. But I'm, I'm a word person. <laughs> I love being led by the word. It, you know, that is Jesus. That is the voice of God, is his word. So to me, living by the word is, is the way I like to do it. And number six is the Holy Spirit, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. In our class in 301, we had to do some, you know, te- uh, I guess some, some teaching, and um, we had to act out some stuff about talking to people about the Holy Spirit and getting them baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, that was the biggest thing in my Christian walk was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's what the evidence is speaking in tongues. Tongues have helped me tremendously. I don't think I would be standing here today if I did not have that happen to me. Because the Holy Spirit has prayed through me many a time when I was facing some some big health things. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he prayed for me. And he strengthened me. And I received my healing. And if I had not have had him, I, I really don't think I would have been here. But even more than, than just the tongues, right after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I began to understand the Bible more than ever. I opened it up, and it was like, did it say that? Really? You know, because before then, I would read through it, and I'd be like, God, this doesn't make any sense. You know, I mean, the Bible was just like mumble-jumble in a lot of ways. I was like, okay, I, 
you know, and I'd have to get all these different versions to try to understand it. But when I got born again and then got filled with the Holy Spirit, that made the biggest difference. At that moment, I started to grow. I started to hear God's voice even greater in everything. So I'm encouraging you, if you have not made that extra step, do it. God is, God is giving, you know what's so good about God is he, he allows you to go as far as you want with him. That's an awesome God. But I want everything he's got. Why would you want to live this life without everything that he has for us? To live the life he wants us to live. You know, we talk about it, but, you know, it's another thing to actually live it out. All right, so those are the, the six areas that God has really used to speak to me where I can hear his voice. And like I said, I'm very practical, so I want to try to give you some, some practical stuff. And, you know, God's, uh, he's not always, um, you know, just a, a spiritual, ooh, you know, like Joseph Z said, ooh. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. God will use practical things to speak to you. I'll give you just a uh, quick example. I was riding my lawnmower and mowing the yard, and we've got about two and a half acres to mow. And uh, I get something in my eye. And, you know, at first, you know, you do all the stuff. You rub your eye and just try to get it out. And, you know, and then after a while when it's not coming out, you think, well, I better go in the house and try to rinse it out of my eye and do all that kind of stuff. And I did that, and, and it still was hurting like crazy. And I thought, maybe I scratched my eye. So I go back out there, and I'm trying to mow my yard. How many of you tried to mow your yard with one eye? That's... That's not very easy. <laughs> Matter of fact, afterwards, I'm like, man, I missed a bunch of places. Um, but I, I was getting really um, in a lot of pain to where my whole side of my face was starting to hurt. My teeth were hurting. And I'm like, okay, God, I've got to have some relief. And, you know, God is so good because he knows that when you're in a, a time of, of pain, you can't always hear the voice of God. You can't hear him say, thus saith the Lord, go do this step and that step and this step, and then it's out, you know. I was just in so much pain. I was just like screaming, God, I just need you right now. And then I just heard these voices, go check your phone. I'm the type of person that loves to Google everything, all right. Because <laughs> when you have to do things around your house, you got to learn to Google it, you know. So I went in Google, and I'm like, okay, God, I've done everything I know. And they're saying, wash your eye out with water and all this kind of stuff. But then God led my eyes to go to this one thing, and it said to pull your top eyelash or eyelid over your bottom. How many of you have heard of that? I'm 60 years old. How come y'all never told me this, all right? <laughs> I needed to know that. <laughs> well, as soon as I did that, I mean, immediately that was gone from my eye. And I was like, oh, God, this is so good. And, you know, but he, he knew where I was at. I, did, I could not take the 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it was to really quiet everything. I was in pain. But he knew what to get to me to get the answer. So God sometimes can be very practical. It's not going to be complicated every time he speaks to you. All right? And you just got to know that God cares about everything. And don't think it's a coincidence when you get the answer, you know, really simple or, or from something that, you know, like I did, it's God. God's in your life, and he wants to speak to you in everything. All right, so um, he's very practical. 
And I want to, the, the three things that we really need to focus on that I would say to get us to the place where we really hear the voice of God is number one is to know the will of God through the word of God. You know, it's hard to, to hear the voice of God if you're not familiar with it. If God is talking to you, if you're needing healing in your body, you need to know what God says about healing. You know, because the first thing we want to do is we want to run to the doctor immediately to get healing, right? Which is not, I'm not condemning anybody, but God's got a better way. If you run to him, you can bypass a lot of things, a lot of surgeries, a lot of medications, a lot of stuff if you will go to God first. So knowing the will of God is important. Number two, knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing where you're positioned at, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father, that you have authority over all. Everybody say all. All the power of the enemy. You're the one in charge, not the devil. you got to remind yourself of that when he comes knocking at your door. You're the one in charge. And if you don't know that, you're going to let him on in, aren't you? You're just going to open that door and let him in. But if you know who you are, you're going to slam it right in his face. You say, no. Number three is to know what's available to you as a child of God. you got to know that God has given it all. Everything that Jesus has is yours. We're joint heirs. Everything that belongs to Christ belongs to the body of Christ. And you're part of the body. So is health part of the body? Are we to be prosperous? Are we to be filled with joy and peace? Yes. You know, even though all this stuff's going on in the world, we can have joy and we can have peace in the midst of it because we win. (laughs) If you don't know that, you'd be in turmoil, but we win. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love that. Actually, we've already won. Not that we're going to win. We all have already won. But I wanted to kind of, before I get into some examples, I wanted to kind of go into something that the Lord has has given me, and it actually came from that, the process of my thinking. I, I'm very much a thinker. I, when I, the Lord talks to me all the time, all day long. I'm, I'm cleaning the house. I'm doing yard work, whatever. I'm talking to the Lord about something, and he communes right back with you. He'll begin to tell you all kinds of secrets and mysteries that, you know, not that he doesn't want us to know them, but just things that, that most people don't know. And he, he's, if you really take the time to spend with him, he'll speak to you about them. And so that uh, Culture of Honor book, okay, it started me on a process of thinking. Because it, it's, it says we relate to God based on how we were brought up. You know, whether you were brought up in poverty, middle class, or wealthy. You know, and it got me thinking. Okay, well, first off, think about that for a minute. You relate to God how, of what you know in life. If you have, a, a, have brought it, been brought up in, in um, poverty or not having a whole lot, then you won't ask for much from your father. You know, you'll just, you'll just accept whatever you have. Middle class, you're kind of in the middle of the road. Sometimes you'll ask, sometimes you won't. You know, you'll believe God for this, and then like, eh, maybe, maybe it's too much asking for that one. But if you have a wealthy father, what are you going to do? 
You're going to ask him for everything. Hey, my dad gives me a new car, no problem, God. <laughs> new house, yes, you're going to help me with that house. Thank you. You know, I mean, there's no problem when you know that you've got a father that's wealthy. Amen. Well, it got me on a process, though, of thinking of how, how we learn to receive the voice of God. and the Because God can speak something to you, but you may not get to the end result of receiving it. So God doesn't want to just speak to you. He wants to get you to the place where you receive it. And so just from that, this is where my mind thinks, okay? Think, okay, as Christians, we get into the Word and we get a knowledge of the Word, right? And what a knowledge is is that you just accumulation of facts. You, you say, I, I know what the Bible says about this subject. I know what it says about that subject. You know, sometimes we, we think that that's faith just because you know it. That's not the devil has an, uh, an awareness of, of the facts of what's in the Bible, you know. It's, but we've got to get past. It's like, like living in the poverty stage. It's just having a simple knowledge because you're, you're just, you've got a knowledge, but you're not really going nowhere with it. But it's when you get to the revelation knowledge that starts to make a difference. Revelation knowledge is when you, when you know the will of God for your life, and then you make it personal. And then you're like, it's for me. And it's for me now. That's where you get, you're starting to, to move and, and, and see what God is speaking and it becomes more of a reality. But then you don't stay there. You go to the wealthy part, which is wisdom. Wisdom is where you apply the revelation knowledge that you have. Because if you have revelation knowledge, that's wonderful. But if you never apply it, you never do anything with it, it does you no good. So God wants to, when he speaks to you, he wants to get you, you know, you may be at the knowledge stage, but he's speaking to you and he keeps speaking to you until finally you get the revelation. Hey, yeah, God, that's for me. That's for me now. And then you finally, you keep, you keep thinking on that and you keep doing that. And then you, next thing you know, you're actually walking it out. You're taking steps to walk it out. Um, I heard this. This has never left me. I, I can't remember who told me this, but he said that you can, God can't steer a parked car. <laughs> so if you, if you park yourself in a knowledge stage or even the revelation knowledge stage and you park yourself there, you're still not going to go nowhere. you got to start moving with what you've got what God gives you, and then God begins to steer you in the places you need to be and give you the answers you're needing in life. You know, if you, if you don't know which way to go, just take a step. If you take a step until you get a red light, or if a caution, you're like, okay, where do I go from here? Just take a step. Let me give you an example. My husband, uh, we had just bought a farm, and we were... Uh, remodeling the old farmhouse, which is a story. I don't know if God's going to have me tell you that today. But um, we had, uh, our family's from the, the south. I don't know if you can hear a little twang in my voice or not. I've, I tried to lose it over the years because I got made fun of so much. Um, but uh, my family's from Mississippi and Alabama. And my husband got a, a, a job offer in Georgia. And so we were like, okay. We always wanted to get back closer to our, our family. And we're like, God, you know, we just bought this farm. What should we do? Should we go? I mean, we didn't have any witness 
of anything. No yes, no no, no nothing. It's like, what do we do? And my husband said, you know what? It's not going to hurt if I just go and talk. I'm going to go talk to them. So he goes to Georgia. He gets off the plane. Before he ever even gets into the building, God said no. <laughs> he said, this is not where you're supposed to be. Now, he would have never known that until he made the step. So God steers you. Sometimes you make, take these steps and you don't know which direction. But as you go, you'll hear the voice of God and he'll tell you. You'll get that, oh, no, or yeah, you know. So that was a, a simple thing. Another thing is um, I love it when the Holy Spirit, you know, brings back to your remembrance the word of God. Uh, that's another way that God will speak to you. He keeps bringing back the word. My husband and I, when we first got married, we, um, we had a lot of baggage. My husband's family or his dad was an alcoholic. My dad was a social alcoholic. So we had a lot of things, you know, going on in us. And, and we would get into these arguments. <laughs> I can't say they're discussions because they were arguments, okay? <laughs> they were arguments. And, you know, we would say things that weren't always nice. And my husband had a really good knack at that, that they would just cut you to the core, you know. And um, I would just get it. You know, th And this is in my early walk with the Lord. And one of the first things that God taught me, because he knew I needed this, he taught me that uh, I needed to forgive. And I needed to forgive quickly. And I knew that that was a command. It wasn't um, a suggestion. <laughs> that was something I had to do. So every time this would happen, and, you know, it happened quite a bit over our years because, you know, all those things didn't just go the first couple months, okay? It took years. <laughs> um, but when I would, I would run to my room, I would cry out to God. I would tell him, God, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have to forgive him. You heard what he said. <laughs> you, you heard, there is just no forgiving in this. And I would just be bawling my, my eyes out. And I could, keep, I could hear this, the Holy Spirit saying, you know what you got to do. You know what the word says. You know, that's God speaking. Now, I could have said, no, I'm not going to do it. But there's a scripture in Proverbs 1.7, it says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. <laughs> yeah. Well, that word fear does not mean fright. That word fear means extreme respect. And I had an re extreme respect for the Lord, and it was like I loved God, and I wanted to do his will even when I didn't feel like it. So when I would get those little unctions and they would say, you know, you know what you need to do, I would try to ignore it, okay, and keep doing my pity party for, you know, however long it took. <laughs> Sometimes I'm ashamed to say it took many hours <laughs> of me finally listening. But when I finally would do it, I would just say, okay, okay, I hear you, Holy Spirit. I want to do more. I want to do your will more than I want to have this pity party. More than I, you know, I know he, what he said was wrong, God, but I want your will more than anything. But I'm really struggling with this. I'm struggling with forgiving him, God. So I'm making the choice to forgive him. But I'm going to ask you, God, will you please just come through me and forgive him through me? And you know, every single time God heard me like I heard him and he would do it. 
to the point where I would get a little irritated with the Lord because I could not even remember what he said to me that made me so, so hurt. I mean, God would just wipe it clean. But that's a good place to be. So God will speak to you in little things like that. I mean, it's, he's talking. Are you listening? Are you respecting his voice? Are you reverencing his voice? If you are, it's going to make a huge difference in your life. And I'm going to skip on over. I've got so much. You know, as a teacher, I could, I could keep y'all here till 2, which is what pastor said I could do, right? So <laughs> then I could get it all out to you because I'm, I'm the type of, I'm, you know, I don't want to just feed you just baby food. I'm ready to feed you some steak. And that may take a while to shove it down, you know, but <laughs> I love doing that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip on down to Psalms 37.4, and it says this. It says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Because guess what? God will speak to you through your desires. If you've got desires in your heart, and you love God, and you want his will, I, I can pretty much promise you that that's a desire that God put there. It's not a desire that, you know, of your own thinking, okay? God places desires in you to get you to the place you need to be. He uses your, your desires. He uses your imaginations. He'll, I'll just go ahead. The Lord's having me do this. So I'm going to go ahead and, and give you this, this long testimony. I'll try to make it short. <laughs> um, but my husband and I... Uh, well, first off, let me just give you this. My husband was running from the calling of God on his life. We were both in church. We were both serving. We were both, well, I was serving more than him because he was, you know, running a little bit. And the reason he was running is because he had been used mightily by the Lord. And people were getting healed and set free. And he had told the Lord once when we were visiting my dad, um, his wife's sister was dying. And... Um, he had told the Lord, if you want me to go pray for her, then have her dad come to me and ask me, and I'll go. Well, he, my dad did. Well, you know, my, my husband was, we were just in our early 20s, and he was still nervous about the things of God, I guess. And so when my dad came, he said, no, I'll just stay here. <laughs> and she died the very next day. So he felt like, because he had seen some mighty miracles in his life, you know, when he prayed for people. So he felt like if he would have went, she would have lived. And he was like, God, this is too big of a responsibility. I mean, I just can't do this. You know, I'll serve you, but I just don't know if I can do this. So that's when he started pulling away, okay? Well, the Lord was trying to get us back into that place of surrender. And so we both got this desire in our heart to get some land. And, you know, at that time, we couldn't, we couldn't afford a lot of acreage, you know. We were just, we were in the land of, you know, when you, when you learn the tithing and you learn to give into the kingdom of God, you go from the land of lack to the land of even to the land of overflowing. Well, we were kind of in between even and overflowing in the very beginning stages, okay. We didn't have much. So we were looking at what we could afford, and we looked at five acres, and we looked everywhere, finally found five acres, and we go out there, and of course, we clear it all up, get it all ready, because we're going to build our dream home there. As soon as we get all of this done, my husband looks around, and he says, this ain't it. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> Why didn't you say that before we cleaned the ditch line, you know? You know, <laughs> that's hard work. Um, but after praying about it, I too felt that. I was like, this is not it. What, what is it we're supposed to get? So are we supposed to get 10, 20? What are we doing? And we thought that we were doing it to go back to, to raising cattle like my husband did with his grandpa. And uh, we're like, okay, if that's what God wants us to do, we'll do that, you know. But the d- desire was so strong in us to do this. And so we, we started looking for more acreage. And then I went to this movie with my kids. How many of you have seen the movie Babe, the pig Babe? It's an old one. Uh, but do you, do you remember the rolling hills, how beautiful that was? It's just awesome. And I looked at that. In the middle of this movie, all of a sudden, this huge desire comes into my heart. we got to have over 100 acres. I mean, we couldn't even afford five, you know. It's 100 acres is like, whoa. But it was so strong in me. And I was delighting myself in the Lord. I was teaching Sunday school. I loved the kids. I mean, I've taught kids most of my Christian life, uh, which is another story I could tell you. <laughs> um, well, we got till two, right? Okay. Um, but um, I, I was like, yes, this is it. And my imagination was like going crazy. I was thinking, 100 acres, this is it, this is it. Uh, what, what do we do, God? What, how are we going to get this? And then I, I remember going to sleep one night and waking up, and then I'm like, God had given me a dream of, of uh, timbering. I'm like, I, I'm, I would have never thought of timbering, okay? But, you know, that means you got woods out there that you can timber and get money off of. And I'm like, yes, that's what we need, God. We need land that has got some cleared land, and we need land that's got some woods on it so we can, clear, you know, Timber it, and we can build a house or do whatever. So what did we do? This was, this was to me, I was at the point of revelation knowledge. We had a knowledge that he wanted us to have land, but I was in the point of revelation knowledge. Yes, it's for us. I know it is. And so my husband and I would go out every single weekend, and we would get in our car. This is before the computers, and the, you, know, you can just look it up on your phones now. But we had to go out and drive around and look for signs that said for sale by owner. <laughs> you know, land for sale. So we would go out and we would, we would scour out all of St. Francis County pretty much and just looking for those signs. And, and there was a, a few things that we stepped out and tried to take a step. Praise God, God shut the door on that. It was like, no. But then one time we seen this little bitty sign in front of this old uh, White House. The land around it looked pretty grown up. And... It said for sale, and we called, called it, and the, and the guy said, well, we've got two offers on it already, but if you want to come and look at it. So we're walking it. This, this place was, had been neglected for years. It actually was a farm where the farmer had his son talk him into growing marijuana. <laughs> and so when the police catch you with doing that, you lose everything. So that's what happened with this gentleman. He, he lost it all to his, and his brother-in-law tried to help him, so he couldn't pay him back. So brother-in-law's selling it. So it's grown up. You know, it's, it's a mess. Got thorn trees. I mean, you've seen the thorn trees. Oh, my gosh. Talk about thorn trees. I could give you some stories of thorn trees. All right, this place was full of them. But we began to walk it, and guess what? The desires, and it just began to grow. Is like is growing, 
Yes, yes. The more we walked it, the more it was like, yes. You know, at first you're like, this is too much, God. You know, I don't know if this is what my dream was. I was wanting the rolling hills, you know, that were clear. You know, I'm not wanting all this other stuff. But, you know, the, the desire just became stronger and stronger. And so we went ahead and put an offer on it. Did not, you know, I didn't care if, if it looked like we were going to get it. I knew we were going to get it. We went and put our house up for sale immediately, got the first person. Uh, and they hadn't even accepted our contract. And the first person that came said, we want it. So I said, we're revising our contract. We are not going to have a contingency. So we went back and, and took it back to them. And they took ours because we didn't have a contingency. So we get this land. Yay! I thought. <laughs> if you've ever done any work on a farm, we spent two years trying to clear all this land. And uh, my whole life was cutting down trees and burning huge piles, which is, oh, we got some, I've got some hilarious stories about burning piles, <laughs> almost getting your neighbor's cornfields on fire. Uh, that's, you know, that's not too good. Yeah, that was not a good time. Uh, that was one of the times when my husband and I, the, the old nature really came out in us. <laughs> but we got to the place where we're like, God, this is the blessing. This is what you wanted us to have. Why aren't we having the peace and the joy with it anymore? What's going on here? So all of a sudden, the desire in our heart had changed, and there was no peace. There was nothing there. There was just, what do we do, God? Sell it. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm thinking, you know, in, in a way. I wasn't going to say it because of all the hard work. But one day my husband go, goes to do some brush hogging up on the top of the hill where we had just cleared on how many acres by hand. Um, and he comes up over the hill. He's filthy, and he's just tired and wore out because he's working a full-time job as well. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Are you tired yet? <laughs> and he's like, Are you kidding me, God? Yes, I'm tired, you know. I mean, this is how God leads you, though, to get you because you're, you know, you're wanting to be in the will of God. God, what do I do with my life? Where do I go? Well, he leads you through all these desires, these imaginations, through, through peace, through all these things. And then my husband comes in that day from, from doing all that, and he says, get ready. We're going to sell the farm. I'm like, oh, and by the way, I don't think I told you, we got 149 acres on that one. Not 100 acres. That's how God is so good. Um, but anyways, I'm like, I was really ready. I was ready. I'm like, yes, I, I believe that we're, God wants us to move. No problem. <laughs> so we ended up selling that farm and making a really nice profit. But the whole point in all of those things was God was trying to get us from the knowledge of just knowing some things to revelation knowledge of what he really want, what he wanted for our lives until we actually walked it out. And the walking out really was God was calling us back to serve him full time. He wanted my husband to be a minister. And so on that hill, my husband told God, I will serve our pastor that we're with for however long you want, but I want your will. I don't want anything in this world has to offer. I just want you. And so God led us that, that route, and we were able to sell the farm, make a good profit to where we almost paid off a brand-new house on five acres, and we had enough money left over to start a church from scratch. 
And, you know, I could say that it's, you know, it's, it's complicated to hear the voice of God, but it's not. God leads you in every area. He leads you through scriptures. He leads you through uh, desires and imagination. He, he leads you through just you delighting yourself in him. He will lead you. He will talk to you. He speaks to you all the time. He didn't just speak to me and my husband. He's speaking to many of you right now. There's some things right now in some of your lives. You've got desires. You've got imaginations. You, you're like, God, is this you? That's me? If, you if you're delighting yourself in him, it's the Lord. Some of you are wanting to take some steps, and you're afraid to. Take a step. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, the Lord will stop you if you're going the wrong direction. But you got to be moving for him to, to steer you. Take a step. Don't let fear stop you. I wouldn't be, another story, I would not be up here right now if I had not taken steps because I used to be very fearful. You couldn't put me in front of nobody. Don't even call me out to give a, any kind of testimony. They would have testimony service. I'd sit in the back and I'd be like, my heart would be beating out of my chest. Don't call me. Don't call me. I'm walking out of this room if you call me, <laughs> you know. But this is, God has led me through his word. Actually, through 2 Timothy 1.7, I got free from fear. But it was a process of me walking it out till I got to the wisdom stage. I was walking it out every day. And God wants to speak to you on situations in your family and your job. What's going on in the world today? He wants to, to give you some wisdom on, on what you need to do. God's speaking. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.